listening to the Ed Reach Network. Welcome to Ed Gamer Podcast, Episode 3 on Ed Reach. An open letter to Steam. If you build it, Ed will come. Welcome to this week's Ed Gamer Podcast. Ed Gamer is part of the Ed Reach Network, edreach.us, giving education a voice. I need to start again. <laughs> or I'll just keep going. Okay, let me try it again. Edreach.us, giving education a voice. A big voice. Yes, and delayed. Okay, this show is dedicated to educational gaming on any platform. We will give you the educational angle on any type of games, ranging from tabletops to MMOs. We'll discuss how these games impact student learning and how they can be used effectively within the classroom. I'm Zach. And I'm Jerry. And Jerry, uh, what do you do? I'm a visual arts teacher at Schomburg High School in Schomburg, Illinois. And what I do, my name is Zach, uh, and I'm your host, and I'm a sixth grade social studies teacher and language arts teacher from Normal, Illinois. Tonight's topic, uh, an open letter to STEAM. If you build it, Ed will come. So Ed being education, hopefully all those that are listening to this understand that what Ed is, he's not actually a person. So tonight, <laughs> I'm going to start, I'm going to read this letter, and then we, well, do you know what, Jerry? I think we need to, why don't you go ahead and do the... Um, uh, the definition, because we're going to use the best source on the internet, which is Wikipedia, absolutely, and to, to describe what what Steam is. Okay, well, um, if you were to look up through Wikipedia, Steam, first of all, you definitely want to find the one that is about software, because there are several several definitions. There's, there's probably Steamy too. <laughs> there's Steamy, yeah. Steampunk, Steam, all kinds of good Steam. Oh, stuff, Steampunk's so. pretty cool though. I okay. actually I did a whole paper on Steampunk. I love Steampunk. That's something we can talk about later. Off topic. Like okay. Um, <clears throat> so uh, here's the the definition, sort of word for word. Steam is a digital distribution, digital rights management, multiplayer communications platform developed by Valve Corporation. Okay. It's and Valve, in in Valve is a game. Game company, uh, Half Life, Half Life Two, uh, Team Fortress. You know some of you that know about games, uh, very high end uh, games for their time, and just a wonderful gaming company. So that's Valve. Okay. Uh, it is used to distribute games and related media online from small independent developers to larger software houses. Other than the Mac App Store, it is one of the largest Macintosh-based gaming websites on the Internet. Steam also has community features, automated game updates, in-game voice and chat functionality. And some stats here. As of March 2011, there are over 1,250 games available through Steam. Quite a few. That's a lot. And uh, one of the things that I've found the most impressive was 30 million active uh, users. Mm -hmm. So that's uh, you're talking about a couple people. And that's logged in within the last 30 days. Mm -hmm. So that's that's pretty amazing. Yeah, in March 2011. So we're talking about very recent, still very popular, um, you know, very up to date. Um, although Valve never releases sales figures, Steam is estimated to have, and I quote here from Wikipedia, 70% <laughs> share of the digital distribution market for video games, which is absolutely amazing. Okay, so even if it's not 70%, I'm, I'm, you know, it's still yeah. A a large Very large market, market. yeah. Mm -hmm. So if you think of all everybody that games out there, and then you take all the uh, well, thirty million active, you know, mm -hmm. active uh, users uh, at March two, 2011, 
seventy percent of that. So their distribu their distribution is is phenomenal. Uh, and it, I like how it compares it to the uh, outside of the Mac App Store. Mm-hmm. This is the largest Macintosh based gaming websites on the internet. So we were kind of talking about um, before the show about how this is kind of like an app store. Sure. Uh, but how is it different? Uh, hmm. What's well? Okay, so <laughs> I put you on the spot. This mm. I guess this was my part. Okay, so uh, the 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 difference between the the apps mm-hmm. uh, apps cover everything in in the Apple world. So you could have calendars, you could have note taking, you could have you can have games. Uh, Steam is just games. So it's it's only one segment um, of what the Apple App Store would be. So, but Steam is total function is gaming. Sure, so much more concentrated than something like the App Store. Right, exactly. And usually the PC gamers that are out there, um, you know, everybody says, oh, consoles, consoles, you know, and and consoles are a big part. Xbox, PlayStation, Wii, um, those are all big. And Apple being another gaming platform, basically, and Nintendo, uh, you know, the the mobile devices, you know, this is a... um, this is a big chunk of the market, and it brings a lot of money in. So some of the major players, and some of you might know these, but ID Software, Bethesda, which is, I think that's Dragon Dragon Age, which is a very popular game, Electronic Arts, mm-hmm. EA, you know, yeah. eSports, Activision, 2K Games. All the big game makers out there um, use, you know, use Steam, and then... Also, there's indie games, independent games, and they jump onto Steam. So it's it's a very nice place if you get into PC gaming and very nice place to go and buy games. So here is, here's my, my letter, and I sent this off uh, this past fall. Uh, I was doing a, a, trying to complete a grant, and I thought this would be a great way to – to use the grant and actually have a way to um, distribute games, uh, educational games, to my students. So I thought, hey, there's there's grants out there. Let me see if I can do this. So this is the letter to Steam. Uh, to whom it may concern, I'm I am looking for an easy game platform to use within my classroom. If, I would like it to handle single, co-op, and multiplayer versions of educational games. I like it to connect my classroom. Uh, like it to connect my classroom and to other classrooms so interactions can take place between students. As a Steam user, my thoughts came quickly to your platform and how easy it is to connect to other players. I've been using games to educate f- uh, for many years. The most popular game I use in my classroom is Civilization IV. Uh, Steam looks like a viable choice, but there are a couple issues uh, using your current platform within a middle school. And if... And I'm taking, talking outside my letter here because if you ever go to Steam, if you ever install Steam, um, it's you notice right off the bat that some of the content on there is totally not appropriate. So uh, that's one of the things. Seems looks like a viable choice, but in the middle school, it has inappropriate contact, uh, content that is easily seen. And I'm needing administrator control of accounts and some type of parental control. Um, what about creating a Steam educational platform that would allow classrooms to connect and it would only contain educationally approved games. And I even gave them, Jerry, I even gave them an idea of what they could call it. And it said, call it Steamed. So Steam and then ED at the end. I like it. Uh, 
I, I think it's I think it's a great idea. Has a lot of potential. Of course, there's a lot of things that I'm probably not even thinking of that would be on their side that they would have to do. Um, I mean, there's multiple ways of they could pick which games that are are kid friendly or school friendly, or maybe have some way that there's like a parental control administrator side where I just choose the games that are able to be seen. So um, I think, and I, I, I list out, and this will be on our, our post, I list out some reasons why this is a, uh, why Steam is such a wonderful platform. So most of you out there that you have, you go out and buy games, you might go to Best Buy, you might go to other stores and, and pick up the, the CDs or DVDs and install these. And um, that you do not have to do. Um, there are no CDs. All you do is you download it. Um, there's audio and texting uh, chat. You know, there's capabilities there. It's on Mac and PC. Uh, it auto updates. Um, you know, it has great deals on purchases. So all the time they run specials each week on games that you might like, and they do bundles. I don't know if you saw that, Jerry. They have, Go ahead. I did. I did. Yeah, I like that. That's a, that's a great feature. As well. They so some software developers will bundle their games, or well, or you know, Steam will bundle the games, and then they'll sell it for almost half off. So you can buy games really inexpensively. Um, connections for multiplayer. So you have ways to connect through this software for multiplayer. It's DRM friendly. So digital rights management. I can I have it at home. I have three PCs. I have three computers, and I have it installed on each computer. I can uh, have that software on each computer, and when I log in on one computer, I cannot go to another computer and log in there. It only can have one computer logged in at the same time. So when you create a Steam account, you download the software, you connect through your Steam account. So one person on at a time. Um, if you have multiple people in your house, you could have multiple accounts. They could have multiple purchases. Uh, you, are you starting to get the idea, Jerry? You can have ways of, of having multiple computers in your household um, being connected to Steam and playing games. That's fantastic. So you never lose a game. You can always download it. And there's actually a way, and I even um, – if those of you that might follow Dan Rizak, uh Dr. Uh, Ezak or Dr. <laughs> Isaac, <laughs> uh, he uh, he was he was trying to install a game and he put on there. He's just like, oh, I gotta wait. I'm downloading Civilization Four and it's gonna take two hours. And I I tweeted back saying, usually you when you download, I mean I have a fast connection, but depending on the game, you know I'm you probably need to step away or do that overnight. And once you download all your games, I actually have my – there's a certain folder on, on a PC side where I can actually copy that folder that has all that content. I can install Steam on another computer, and then I can copy that folder over, and instead of downloading for each computer, I can just kind of move the files over to computer to computer. So that makes it handy. Mm-hmm. So we threw all this all – we threw all this information out to you, and I guess, you know – to bring it back and simplify it, it's it's basically it's like the App Store for Apple, except it's just for games. Right. And you can put it on PCs and you can put it on um, Macs. And you know, I think there's something to be said about the power of it when you when you talked about all the different brands or the, all the different um, you know publishers that that are cooperating with it. When, when you have something like the App Store, 
obviously people are creating them, but but you have such you know control over it by by Mac and by the App Store. But this is you know this is selling the products of so many other corporations. I mean, when you have people like LucasArts and Rockstar Games and Capcom and all that stuff involved, that's huge. I think that's really really huge. It's it is it is a big part. And yeah, if they didn't have the um, support of these gaming companies, uh, then you know that they would have a huge problem. Um, the other, you know, another aspect is that okay, getting these into schools. Mm-hmm. Um, we were talking about um, how you know not everybody can afford iPads and iPods and put those in and and have the games on on those devices, but most schools have computers and. It definitely opens up a market for Steam to say, oh, hey, we can get more purchases by putting this in the schools. Right. But Instead of selling a new product, let's use the one that you have to uh... – Right. But like I said, you would have to make some adjustments. There would have to be some way to filter out uh, you know, all the bad things. It, you know, it, It's not bad for me. So you know, I, I might play Left 4 Dead too, but that's not appropriate. For uh, a kindergartner to pull up Steam and see Left 4 Dead 2, <laughs> see these zombies, you know, uh, coming after them. Um, yeah, I don't think the schools would have a good time with that, and that that just wouldn't work. And I, th- uh, I think your request is completely appropriate because I, I mean, from a technical end, if they can make, if you look through Steam, they make categories of you know how games. You know which which category games fall into already, from you know multiplayer to sports games to any other kind of game. So you're 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 just essentially installing another filter, another way to filter games. Right. And you know there are so many other corporations that have done this to come around to education as well. You know you get the YouTube and you know just di- having different channels for education. Right. So the whole purpose you know of this and the whole purpose of this you know of, of Ed Gamer. Is to you know open some eyes for educational gaming, and then for those that you know preach to the choir of those that you know really like educational gaming, um, and then trying to find avenues that are useful or can be used within the classroom. You know all the ki- I don't know about your school district, but we have a filter system, and constantly there's constant. Uh, things that are popping up and teachers are sending tickets, help desk tickets in saying, you know, we need to block this website, you know, it's some gaming website that's out there. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, there's PopCap, you know, there's all these tons of free games that are out there online. Um, they have advertisements, which, you know, some of those scare me sometimes. Sure. There's, there's all that, but we need a way to say, okay, we can have some games, but these are the games that we have available, and we have control over that. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's – do you have like a filter system within your school? Yeah, yes. And so and, – and, you know, there's – in fact, didn't you actually talk about a certain um, gaming website? That, <laughs> I did. I that, did. It was uh... – yeah, it was ibnate. Yeah, ibnate.com.org. Yeah. Whatever it is today to get Gov. through your yeah. <laughs> through your school's uh, security. Yeah, so the those developers are actually coming up with ways to get around the filter yeah. systems. Oh yeah, golden hall pass. I didn't just throw that out there. Oh, so. okay. <laughs> yeah, well, we'll delete that out. In <laughs> editing. No. So we need some ways of getting good games out there for education. Uh, and I think that would make it a little bit easier 
for you know educators to use. So the one that I mentioned in my letter is civilization, and uh, that for teaching ancient civilizations because I teach sixth grade ancient civs, and it's it's perfect. In fact, I did my master's uh, project. Basically, it was talking about educational gaming and using that was one of the games that I used, and making connections to the state standards. So. It, it's it's a wonderful game that can be bought. In fact, I think it's dirt cheap. I think the original version's like twenty dollars. Hmm. Uh, and then I was able to get. There's multiple expansions for Civilization Four, and I was able to get uh, all those expansions for twenty dollars. Wow. So sometimes, like I said, they'll throw they'll throw tons of specials out there all the time. Um, but there's, I mean, Portal. Some of you, you know, might know Portal. Um, it uses the the source SDK, which is Half Life Two and Half Life and and um, uh, Team Fortress. It's a anybody that knows physics or math, this is a wonderful game because it's all about physics. It's all about um, you know science, and it's a puzzle game. Mm-hmm. And it was a single player game. Portal was a single player game. Now Portal Two is a single player, but you can also do a multiplayer. So hooking up with a friend and going through these puzzles together and uh it's a lot of it's a lot of fun and that's a safe game yeah, you know sure. to play. I'm I'm looking on here. Hey, Sega Bass Fishing. <laughs> you know, that would be a you know, state of Illinois, we have fishing is an IHSA sport. Hey, why not do it online? You can practice. Yeah. You can practice. So <laughs> I'm just just messing, but uh so that's kind of where where we're at this week, we're just wanting to. I, I just wanted to get this one out there, and you know, I've been pushing this one for a while, and it's like, I have a podcast now. I can I can put this out there for you know people to hear about, and to kind of get on board. And 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 of course, when I sent the email, I sent it to multiple places at Steam, which was first of all, it was hard to find anybody to contact at Steam. Um, and of course, I never heard anything back. So, like I said, it's it'd be a great way. I know that. Um, there's some people out there. Uh, I'll keep on throwing names out there again, but Dan Rezac's talking about trying to do civilization um, for for his, you know, maybe some of his Soul Studies teachers. And Steam would be a great way to install the software and then be able to. Um, we could figure out ways to connect. Uh, maybe my classroom down here, normal, with the classrooms up there, and we could have kids, you know, basically playing multiplayer against each other from different schools. Yeah. I think that would be really cool. And besides it being just a great uh, way to get you know these games out to different people, besides it being just a great platform, I think it would also encourage more game developers to push towards you know creating games for education. Because once you had that channel, it might you know encourage them to to create games for us educators. So speaking of creating games. Uh, you know, I kind of showed you a little bit of mm-hmm. that Valve, the creator of, of Steam, and some of the games Half-Life, Half-Life 2. That um, They actually have what's called Source, I guess it's Source Code SDK. So what's 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 SDK stand for? SDK Jerry? is a software development kit. Or also known as? A dev kit. Dev kit. Or SDK can also mean? Super Donkey Kong. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's, that's the main one right there, Super Donkey Kong. <laughs> So, source development kit. So, what is that? 
Uh, <clears throat> okay, back to our trustworthy Wikipedia. A software development kit, typically a set of development tools that allows for the creation of applications for a certain software package. Software framework, hardware platform, computer system, video game console, operating system, or similar platform. Okay, so one of the modifications out there that's pretty popular is called Gmod, also known as Gary's Mod. And uh, how did you kind of run into that uh, Gary's Mod? Uh, you know, actually, I ran into it because a student had created a machinima, which is just another word for like a fan video, um, of what his character was doing inside Gary's Mod. And if you don't know a lot about Gary's Mod, it's, um, let's see, what, what did they call it? They had a real specific name for it. A physics sandbox, was that it? Yeah. Yeah, um, so it, it's like a giant blank canvas, and you can use this code development to, uh, you know, put your own, you know, essentially whatever you want. And I'd seen it um, actually once before in higher ed because this person had created their own land where they could shoot zombies you know, because everybody loves zombies. Yeah, um, you don't get trouble shooting zombies. Right. Um, and, you know, you could, like, put them in slingshots and fire them hundreds of yards through field goal posts, and you could do essentially whatever you wanted because um, it was just like a giant land to create whatever you wanted within Gary's Mod. And so with this became, um, you know, my student was, like, videotaping his adventures of him biking around and, you know, doing different things inside Gary's Mod. And the graphics um, were pretty amazing. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And so you run into this concept of students creating um, <clears throat> video game, you know, creating within these platforms, which is, I mean, again, just takes you down the road. You know, the conversation that we've we've kind of tinkered around a few times of, um, you know, the different types of learning through creating gaming and then also the, the very, very math and scientific end of programming, but also the very, um, you know, especially for my field, the very visual and visual arts end of, of creation. And I think, um, you know, Steam is supporting games like this where you can go in and create your own mods, which is awesome uh, because for my students, that's going to be huge. They want to find games that they can mod. They want to they do the mods and then they want to show them off. Well, and it's usually the popular games that are out there. So, you know, uh, you know, Half-Life 2, some kids would know about that. Uh, they definitely might know about Portal and then Portal 2 coming out. So it was one of these, the physics aspect within the program programming really came out in Half-Life and Half-Life 2. So there was certain, in fact, the puzzles that were in the actual game because you had to go through and do certain um, steps in order to complete a task that you needed to do within Half-Life or Half-Life 2. And a lot of that, uh, that puzzle aspect was put into Portal. So somebody said, you know what, let's do the puzzle aspect without, you know, having things and killing aliens and, <laughs> and things yeah. like that. Uh, let's do that with, um, you know, in another realm that is more puzzle-based so my daughter, you know, can play Portal. And I feel good about that. I don't want her playing Half-Life 2, <laughs> destroying, you know, aliens and having their, you know, I won't go into details, but, you know, I'm about. <laughs> sure. things blow up and splatter. It's no um, not, Yeah, Super Donkey. <laughs> there you go. So she can actually play Portal. And talk about brain development. It's, mm -hmm. you know, puzzles are great. Mm -hmm. But some of these puzzles are awesome where they really have to think outside the box. And the kids don't want to leave it because it's like, I'm going to figure this out. I'm going to figure this out. Yeah. I want to do this. And it's fun, and the environments are wonderful. 
Yeah. And it's not, you know, it's not boxy. It's the kids like it. They want to see stuff that's up to date. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're not going to play the original Call of Duty or Medal of Honor, and they, they might do that. You know, a first-person shooter. You know, they want Black Ops. They want the the newest you know version of the games that come out because those look the best. And, uh, of, and of course, they probably played all the other ones anyway. So yeah. So that's kind of where we're at. So we it, 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 and I want to take it one step further. The um, Reading articles today talking about unemployment, unemployment numbers. Okay, now the Soul Size teacher is coming out at me, Jerry, so sorry. <laughs> Unemployment's gone down. One of the areas that's really growing in development is guess where it's at? Game design. Game design, software development, mobile platforms. That is becoming an area. If you're good at that, mm-hmm. you can get jobs doing that. That's huge. Mm-hmm. And these kids, like you said, they're growing up with it. They're learning these skills in your classes. Absolutely. Uh, and that's – so, you know, this is a way that, you know, somebody can make a career out of doing something fun. Yeah. Absolutely. Very cool. Very cool. Okay. Anything else with Steam? I think we're I good think, with that one. I think we're good as long as they start listening to us, you know, because yeah. we have all the answers. We do. <laughs> if they, you know, people just listen to us, then you know we could solve all the world's problems. Uh, so those of you listening out there, you know, hey, definitely post us out there uh, when we when we do put post the podcast, but tweet it out, get it out there, and maybe Steam will, you know, come calling and and ask for a little bit of help, and we'd, we'd be glad to help them with that or test it out, you know. Yeah. Definitely. I can see that. Test it out and, you know, give us some free software to put on our computers that we can use. So I like that. Well, we couldn't go this week without talking about, uh, you know, the newest mobile device tablet that's out there. And, you know, it, it's the Motorola Zoom. No, no. Not, <laughs> <laughs> that's not what everybody's talking about, Jerry. Uh what are they talking about, Jerry? Uh, I believe it's um, the iPad 2. If iPad I'm, 2? Yeah. Really? I haven't heard much. No, you know, I'm not real familiar. <laughs> um, I think it's just a piece of paper you write on. Oh, and then. Goodness. Oh, no. No, actually, it's a it's a touchscreen device. Here it oh, is. Oh, it is. Yeah. Tablet. Didn't Microsoft start something like that about a decade ago? Uh, I have no comment. Otherwise, <laughs> yeah. shut yeah, down. I, I, part of me feels bad. <laughs> Part of me doesn't, you know. Hey, everybody, try tablets. Let's try it. And nothing happens, and then Apple comes out with the iPad, and it's just like, oh, what's this brand-new device? Okay. Never seen anything like that. Well, I have to throw in my art teacher here. They're just so good at designing things. Oh, yeah. You know, it's Apple design. I, I yes, like the box that my computer came in. I'm like, do I have to throw <laughs> this away? It's beautiful. You're not a two-year-old or three-year-old <laughs> Christmas time where, you know, got this cool toy to play with, and all they're doing is playing with the box. Maybe. Yeah, so I don't know. That's that's kind of weird. So what's what's okay? iPad, the original iPad, very nice. Yeah. And you know, and we've had discussions about this. In fact, I even had a presentation at uh, at the ICE conference talking about Android and versus Apple. And one of my big arguments was, you know, consumption versus productivity. Mm-hmm. Um, what does the the iPad two kind of moves in the direction of? Uh, being more pro- pro- productive, yeah. spit it out. Yeah, and I, you know, the closer you get to making the thing of a, a walking computer, 
you know, the more power you put into it, like any computer upgrade, you're boosting everything. You're, you're creating, you know, you're making it faster, better processors, better graphics. Um, and that allows you to do some, so much more so that beyond interacting, you're, yeah, you're creating or you're, um, finally starting to be productive with it, yeah. you know, the, the movie editing features and the sound editing features. And that's, like that. that to me right there is the, that's, that's what takes it over the top for me. Mm-hmm. And like I said, I, I, I want the Motorola Zoom to do well. I want Android to do well. I love competition, but man, this is, this is big because it's, I want some, a device in my classroom that can actually make something. The kids can go and do an activity and create something. So on the, the, the back camera on the back, the video camera is HD, isn't it? I believe so, yeah. It's it's an HD video camera. Mm-hmm. The camera on the front, I think it's just VGA, mm-hmm. but it's whatever. Okay, so you know, you can take wonderful pictures, you can take video, and then you can edit them. Yeah. So I can edit a short video. You know, whatever it is. I, I, my mind just starts you know, it's my ADHD. Uh, my mind really starts flowing with all the different things that the kids could do with that. You know, um, was it uh, pu- uh, was it puzzling or oh, what's the word that where I have different groups uh, jigsaw? You know, where yeah, I have different sure. groups do certain things and then they present their information. They could create a short video clip. And we could have that presented up on the smart board. And that could be there. And then the kids would get involved in the creation. And then also, uh, it, it, man, it's just, it starts really getting very cool. You could create podcasts. You could, because it has a mini garage band, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. It's not, yep. it's not a full functioning, but I mean. Yeah, but close. I mean, yeah. you know, you're, the, the, the more powerful the computer will get, the closer, the closer you'll get. And I love the, I'm a huge sucker for the front and back camera thing, I think. And that's not lost on gaming either. You know, I was... That's okay, so let's bring it back. So yeah, okay. we're drooling over the iPad too. You know, yes, it's got all these cool features. I'm excited because I think this could be the device that I'm looking for. The price point is wonderful. But okay, so how does this and what does this deal with gaming? Well, you know, you're gonna see like anything, you know, the, whenever you come out with a new platform, obviously it's going to take a while for the games to catch up. Now you had so many games coming out of the App Store with um, uh, for the iPod and for the uh, for the iPhone. Um, and actually, I picked up the other day. It's funny in like a Game Pro magazine, and so this is for April. 2011, of course, it came out right now, um, and it says one year later, iPads gaming, past and future, and it's funny because this is just for the initial iPad. This isn't even talking about you know iPad 2 yet. So right. this is like a review right now of the games that have finally come around, and you know it, because now that you have this bigger screen, better resolution, better engines, better everything, now people want better games for it. So it's taken you know a year to get a lot of games up and running. And this article talks about how few games really utilize, you know, a lot of that stuff. And they're coming. And, you know, I know the Android market's trying to do it as well. But, you know, so many different devices, so many different screen sizes, resolutions, as opposed to the iPad, obviously it's... Makes it easier. Yeah, it's this one structured, you know, medium that you're creating this for. Now, game developers, I don't know if you've... I, I, I thought I saw this article somewhere about how game developers are not very happy with the structure of how, you know, 
of making apps within the app store. That's all another yeah. issue some, yeah. somewhere down the road. But for a consumer, mm-hmm. you know, we're seeing some nice stuff. Oh yeah, yeah, definitely. And I think it's just a matter of time until the amount of games for the iPad for something like the iPad really blows up. And you're going to have your frustrations of you know, obviously, you're holding it with one hand, you're controlling it with the other. You've got on-screen touching controls, much like a keyboard. They have their their drawbacks you know you're not physically holding something and and controlling which is always you know part of the fun of of video games but you know i think as we see so much of the wireless components coming into things so much of the bluetooth you know you look at the wii controllers things like this you know maybe that's something we'll see in the future with ipad games maybe you'll see some kind of a wireless device wireless controller that's you know working with your ipad and and the games that are developed for it because that's going to be a whole nother step in their gaming development. Use my Xbox controller on an, on an iPad. There you go. That'd be kind of cool. Yeah. That'd be kind of cool. So we see, I mean, we definitely had to talk about it, the iPad too, but, um, you know, I really think this is going to open up some, some avenues. So, you know, we have Steam, which is basically a Mac and PC platform. Mm-hmm. Um, now we have the iPad in the iPad 2, and that's another gaming platform. You know, we still have not talked about gaming with, like, an Xbox or a, a PlayStation or anything like that. Yeah, and there are there are some people doing some research into, you know, how those will fall into the classroom. I think we had this discussion before, but, you know, the special education-wise with um, students' limited mobility. I know my school owns a Wii for our, right. um, you know, multiple challenge students. Yep. Um, and then... Those those tra- more traditional platforms, um, I think they they face some hardships with the classroom because we've already you know you go you have to go out and and buy those platforms and how many of those can you get for a classroom compared right. to the you, fact that we've already got the computers yeah you know, which is what makes Steam so nice right yeah then you you have a way to get the software to it um, you know Nintendo the DS mm-hmm. I mean that you know. That's a nice little platform, and there's some nice, you know, games that that you can get on there and have kids do multiplayer. I and mean, there's some there's some advantages there. We that's that's another show because that's yeah. you know that's a whole other area. But at least you know I think we're starting to cover multiple areas here and getting the distribution out there. Um, but this is one that, like I said, I'm, all those listening, you know, pass this on. Let's let's see if we can get away. I really think this could be a nice opportunity for schools to get um, games that would be appropriate and get them at a good price. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, yeah. So, okay. that's uh, Thank you for listening to uh, Ed Gamer Episode 3. Uh, please follow us on edreach.us and also follow all the great podcasts and blog posts on the EdReach Network. Have a great week. Thanks for listening.